Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, welcome back. Today we are going to continue with free will and we're going to look at some objections that are commonly thrown out there or maybe just questions about how God could maybe balance this idea of free will and managing the amount of evil and suffering and pain in the world more. Because I think part of our instinct is that Sure, I guess free will is important to God. Scripture seems to affirm that, and our own experience affirms that free will really is valuable, and so we would agree with God that having the choice to do otherwise is what makes our choices uh, intrinsically valuable and worthwhile, including our choice to respond to the calling uh, and the prompting of the Holy Spirit to to trust Jesus. And yet, I, I think there's a certain sense that that we have that even though free will is valuable surely god could do more surely it doesn't have to be this bad just to protect free will and so we're going to look at some of those questions starting with uh just the sort of the biggest one is that couldn't god couldn't god just prevent all evil i mean isn't that within his power to do so if he really wanted to prevent all evil couldn't he do that and i think the the obvious answer to that is absolutely. God could absolutely prevent all evil if he chose to. But the question would be then, what would be missing from the picture of creation if God were going to do that? Is it feasible or is it even possible that God could create a world in which no evil ever occurred? And I think the answer is very obviously yes, of course. But that would have to be a world that was completely devoid of significantly free creatures, meaning no humans, no spiritual beings as we know them, uh, who possess any semblance of free will whatsoever. If those beings and creatures were never existent, if God chose not to create them but created everything else, then God would have created a world without evil. But the fact that we are here means that that's not the world God chose to create. And so there must be a reason for that. Uh, or it's possible that uh, maybe maybe God could create a world without evil, but what that world ends up looking like becomes more akin to a cartoon or a fantasy world. And what I mean by that is uh, consider this as a, as a thought experiment, as a hypothetical what would it look like if every time someone pulled a gun out and attempted to shoot someone else, that right before the bullet hit that person, it turned into a, a bubble and it just popped harmlessly on the person? Or, or what if every time someone uh, was about to stab someone or, or even if an accident was about to occur and someone was going to fall on a sharp object that right before the, the, the blade or the point or what, what have you uh, was about to, to pierce their bodies that it just turned into 
a, a, a wet pool noodle and it just sort of flopped over and did no damage whatsoever. What if uh, every time someone tried to jump off a building to take their own life or fell from a, a high point that right as they were about to hit the ground, the ground just magically transformed into a trampoline or a rubber or a, a ball pit like at, at Chuck E. Cheese, then what kind of world would we be living in? We would be living in a cartoon. We'd be living in a, a Wiley Coyote uh, episode where none of our none of our actions, none of our moral choices really have any significant consequences. It's like we can't uh, we can't actually accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. And so again, that sort of begs the question, then do we really have free will? If, if someone wills to murder someone and they live in a world where that's not allowed to happen, then do they actually have free will? So then we get to a question is then, then could God prevent all evil? Uh, yes, he could, but he would have to either limit free will or just not create free beings in the first place. Well, could God create free beings and still prevent all evil without our knowing? Could he, could he be sneaky about it? Could he do it in a way where we would never sort of be able to figure it out? And uh, my professor in grad school, he, he shared this example as a way of sort of illustrating exactly what the question is, is trying to get at. Let's say that there is a, a woman who decides one day that she is uh, she is depressed and she is ready to try and take her own life. And she decides that the best way to do that is to throw herself off of a very tall building near her uh, her workplace. And so one day she goes into that building and she walks uh, all the way up the flights of stairs and she gets to the very top where the the, the door to the roof lets out only to discover that the door is locked and that she can't actually get roof access. And so she goes back down and says, okay, I'll, I'll try and find a different way the next day. So instead, the next day she goes up and she intends to go out onto uh, the fire escape and to get up to the roof that way. Except as she is trying to open the window, uh, just as luck would have it, the fire alarm goes off in the building and everyone, including her, is forced to evacuate. She can't she can't stay in the stairwell because of all these people rushing past her. And so the next day she goes to try again. And this time she uh, trips and falls and gets hurt. But she's uh, she's so hurt that she can't actually continue to walk up the stairs. And so she has to go back down and try again a different way. And then she tries to take the elevator, except that day it happens to be out of order. And so you can do this as long as you like. But every single time, every single way that she tries, she is just thwarted. I would ask you how many how many times does she need to do this after after a hundred days of trying to do this in the same building and being thwarted every single time? Do you think that she might start to to catch on that maybe she's not being allowed to do this thing that that maybe all this coincidence is just too much to actually be coincidence? It sure is starting to feel like there is some intelligence some agency that is preventing her from carrying out this thing that she wants to do. And again, it, it doesn't have to be 
uh, it doesn't have to be super overt. It doesn't have to be a miracle or a you know fireball coming from the sky. She's going to figure out eventually that uh, there's something or someone that is preventing her from doing this. And so I think the short answer to the question is that could God prevent all evil, all evil, without us knowing, without us figuring it out? No, I just don't think so. If we're even remotely intelligent, we're going to figure out that all this chance, all these you know supposedly random and coincidental things that just keep happening to, to force a specific outcome, it's not actually chance because no one's that unlucky or lucky, depending on how you look at it. So no, God can't prevent all evil without anyone figuring it out or knowing. It's just not plausible. So turning to the sort of the next fallback position, well then could God... Could God make us freely choose only what's right? And to this, I would just say that 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 question is just wrongheaded right from the get-go because just like you can't make a square circle or a married bachelor, you can't make someone freely do something. It's a contradiction in terms. It's a logical incoherency to suggest that you could make someone freely do something Uh, and if it's a logical incoherence, it's a logical incoherence for God as well. God can't make the logically incoherent somehow be coherent. It either is or isn't coherent. And so, no, God can't make us freely do something. That's a contradiction in terms. Could God then only create beings who would freely choose good? Well, once again, he He could, in theory, only create beings who would freely choose to do good. But once again, if that was an option that was open to God and he could have done that, then we should expect that if that was the best option available to God, that he would have done that, wouldn't we? I mean, let me put it this way. If God had three different options for creation and God knows how every single one of them is going to play out and the the amount of evil that is going to be present in all of them, you would think that a good God would all other things being equal, he would choose to create the world in which the least overall amount of evil occurred. And so if that meant that God could create a world with free beings who just so happened to only choose what was right, God would have chose to do that. So the fact that that is not the world we're sitting in should tell us that either the number of beings in that world were so few as to be nearly none or none at all, or that God just knew that there is no such possible world where free beings would only choose right, that God, it wasn't feasible for God to create such a world. So fine, God can't create a world where he prevents all evil. Could God at least prevent more evil uh, than what we see in the world? And I would submit to you to answer this question that that is actually what he does. We read in 2 Thessalonians 2, 6 and 7, that uh, where Paul writes, And you know what is restraining him now, so that he may be revealed in his time. Speaking of the man of lawlessness. For the mystery of lawlessness is already work, at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. In other words, Paul is suggesting that the Holy Spirit is actively restraining evil, uh, and some have said that this is, this is represented by the, the physical presence of uh, Christ's church in the world. 
uh, Christians. It could just as easily be God's Holy Spirit himself. But the point is, is that God is, according to Paul, actively restraining evil in the world so that as bad as things are, as much evil as we see and witness in the world today, according to Paul, it could be worse and in fact would be worse if God chose to remove this restraining influence that he has, that God is actively allowing less evil. He's making sure that things are not as bad as they actually could be, which is amazing when you consider how much evil is in the world today, that it could be worse, but it could be worse. So what about this? Could God show us his power more? Well, Romans 1.20 says that his invisible attributes, namely his internal power, his divine nature, that they've been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so that they are without excuse. That God has demonstrated his power in creation. And so uh, if people choose to reject God, uh, it is not because he hasn't made his power known. It's just that what he has been made known has been rejected. So then finally, couldn't God then just teach us some other way? Uh, Because clearly we don't get it. So could God just teach us a different way? Well, I I want just to consider this. If we look at the story of the Bible and just sort of step through the big picture here, go with me on this one. God creates in Eden and he creates perfection. He creates a perfect place where people are in perfect fellowship with him and people fall. And we could look at that and say, okay, well, God, yeah, you put, you put people in a perfect situation, but you didn't tell us exactly what we needed to do to, to follow you. And so God says, okay, fine, I will give you the law. And so with Moses in the, in the Exodus, he, he gives us the law. He tells us exactly what we need to do to stay in fellowship with him. He lays all the rules out and we fail. And people could turn around and say, okay, well, you told us what to do, God, but you didn't show us. I mean, there's a big difference between knowing what to do on paper, but then seeing it demonstrated. And God says, okay, fine. I'll send my son who will live out the law perfectly, who will show you exactly what a perfect life in fellowship with God looks like. And we see that, and yet we still fail. And then we would say, well, yeah, but God, the, the world and the flesh and the devil, all these influences are there. Like it, it, even though we saw what to do, like we still have all this stuff that's pulling us away. We, we can't live up to your standard. We can't be perfect. And so God says, fine, I will create a, uh, a world where all of those things will eventually be taken away. We read in the book of Revelation, there will be a time where the uh, the devil is restrained and that uh, God is himself, uh, Jesus is himself ruling uh, the world with a rod of iron. And yet we read in Revelation that there will still be people who fall and who f- fall away and who rebel and reject God in that time. And we would say, well, yeah, but God, things still weren't perfect. I mean, not completely perfect. So then God will eventually, at the judgment, he will do away with all of it, all the sin, all the death, all the flesh. 
the devil and his angels and everyone who's ever rejected God will be taken out of the picture. And things will finally be perfect. But I think in that moment, God will look, be able to look at every single person and say, honestly, what more could I have done? Every time you could have raised an objection, I, I already took care of it. I did uh, more than enough to, to try and demonstrate to you that the problem isn't your circumstances. The problem is you, that uh, free will, that, that as people, that I, I can't create truly free people who always do the right thing. But free will is so valuable that this is the world I chose to create anyway. And I chose to save you out of it rather than leave you in it. Uh, Luke 16, 31, I think summarizes this perfectly in in the parable about the rich man and Lazarus uh, that Abraham says to the rich man, if they don't hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. God has done so much to demonstrate his power and who he is to the world. And yet there are still people who reject uh, no matter what they see. And so tomorrow I want to talk about this thing called epistemic distance, which is a, a philosophical term, but it, it's this idea of God being hidden from us to a certain extent and how that factors into this whole conversation about free will. 